Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Track Talk. Today's episode is an excerpt from Live from My Drum Room with Aaron Comis from April 27th, 2022. Aaron, of course, is the drummer with the band The Spin Doctors. And in this little segment, we talk about Aaron's move to New York City in the early 1990s and the formation of The Spin Doctors and uh, basically segueing into going into recording their first record and uh, at the same time Aaron developing that signature sound that he has and we talk about his Brady snare drum the song Two Princes one of my favorite songs that incredible drum track that he plays and the importance of that snare drum sound to that track and how uh, Aaron had to really stand his ground to get that sound on the record it's an interesting story that I think needs to be told so check it out i'll put the link to the entire episode in here it's a great episode check it out i hope you enjoy it thanks for watching thanks for listening and i'll see you on the other side all right thanks by the time i got to new york i was very aware of like being a being a, a groove drummer playing for the song you know, I, I was studying with Bernard Purdy. I just started with Bernard, wow. started studying with Purdy. So all around this time, it was like I was studying with Purdy. I just got in the Spin Doctors. So we're just starting going, playing, you know, writing songs and starting to play gigs. So I'm really thinking that first year was when that sort of started to happen. And I, uh, I think my sound style sort of developed a lot then. And, um, and then, you know, go a couple years later, the band gets, things are really happening for us in New York. We get a record deal. We have some money to get uh, some new equipment. So I wanted to get a new kit. And I had been playing my Yamaha recording series GAD kit that I bought in high school, which I actually, funny, oddly enough, that's the kit I'm using now on tour. It's, no kidding. Oh, man. I've been using it again the last couple of years, and it's, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but anyway, when we got that money to to get some equipment, I was sort of searching for a new sound and I went up to Manny's music and I was kind of thinking, maybe I'll get like a sonar kit or something. I don't know. I just wanted something a little different, you know, and they had just gotten these kits from Australia, Brady. And I just loved them. And so I got a Brady kit and I got a couple of snare drums, those snares that are on that record. And, you know, that was, you know, that was sort of a defining moment, I think, you know, cause there were those drums. I mean, obviously you got to make the sound of a drum, you know, but those drums had a unique sound to them and they, yeah. you know, I was tuning my snare up tight. I wanted sort of that. I was sort of coming out of somewhere between, I always liked the way Stuart Copeland's snare sounded and, and I was getting real tired of the big, deep, heavy gated reverb 80s sound that was so big. And I didn't want to do that, you know, and our band really didn't, we were, you know, it was like the nineties. We were, all of us were in more into like either classic rock, you know, or like R and B soul, or like some of the new bands like Jane's Addiction or, you know, Living Color. And a lot of that stuff that was so popular in the late 80s, the heavy metal, nothing against it, but it just wasn't our scene at all. So, so you know, that's sort of how I think I came with that with that sound. And um, one last funny story that I love to tell about the Brady snare sound is that when we were recording, Two Princes was one of the first things we recorded when we got our record deal. We um, originally we were just going to put out an EP, and so we went into the power station and we were going to cut like five songs. And um, our, we had two producers, Frank Frank Aversa, who was like the engineer producer, and then Frankie Laraca, who's the guy that signed us. You know Frankie probably, right? I do, and I, yeah, I want to. We'll talk about him later because I was going to mention Frankie. Yeah, he's anyway great guy, great drummer. Um, 
uh, sadly passed away about 10 years ago. But anyway, so we're in the studio and we're doing, we're getting ready to record Two Princes. You know, power station, the A room, probably my favorite sounding room in the world. It just sounds phenomenal. And um, I have my Brady. I pull out my Brady Piccolo. I'm all ready. I got my sound together. And they're, the producers are really pushing for me to play like a big, deep fucking Ludwig drum. Oh. They want to be like, no, nah, this is what's on the radio now, you know, big, big, deep reverb. It's like, well, you know, I'm thinking, well, we're not, no offense, but we're not Bon Jovi or any of these bands. You know, we're, we're trying to do our own thing here. Yeah. And luckily, you know, all the guys in the band had my back and we really stood our ground on this one. And, you know, and this is the difference between like being a band and being like a session guy. Cause I, yeah. you know, I do a lot of session work. And if the producer or the artist want me to play a big, deep drum or they have an I'm happy to do it you know mm -hmm. um, no problem and um, but for this situation this was like sort of part of the sound of the band and we we really stuck to our ground and this this fight this lasted like half the day you know okay. and, it, and this is also back in the days where people would spend like a day on a snare sound yeah. you know <laughs> still that thing we're like you know it's like you know it's just that was just the way it was back then you know bloated budgets and over, overkill you know and so finally, you know, we, we got our way and, and, you know, it's a good thing because, I mean, I don't know how Two Princes would sound with a big, deep drum, you know. I, you know, I'm going to just throw it out there and, and Eric's guitar playing is great. Chris's vocal is great. The whole tune is great. But your snare drum, to me, that's, that's that song, man. That's that, that's that. I mean, the intro, the sound of that drum. Um, Good for you, man. Good for the whole band, really standing your ground like that and 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 backing you up, you know. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's it's one of those things where there's a lot of sort of like there's certain. It all starts with a great song and a great arrangement and good, great playing and all that. But like the stars have to align, I think, for something like that to happen, you know. And, and like this, you're right. Like besides it being a really, really great song, the sound of that track is really a big part of it. The tempo, you know, we slowed the tempo down. The original, there's, there's a demo out that's like, you know, it, the song was a lot faster. We pulled the tempo back, you know, sonically, all the instruments. And, and the snare drum, it was a, you know, the snare drum, as we know, I mean, it, it can be such a big part of the character of, of a track when you're recording it. It's such a huge, sort of besides the vocals, like like you said, the snare drum is, Often, like it's sort, of, it's a huge. It's a part voice, of it. yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. So, yeah. So again, it's. Uh, I'm grateful that it worked out, you know, on that song. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I never knew that story. I think really good information for people to hear too. That, you know, because because when you're kind of a new band like that, you're you tend to be at the mercy of the producer or the engineer, and 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 you know, if they say, if they if they really push it hard, you know, a lot of bands sometimes do have to sort of acquiesce and change the snare drum or change an arrangement or change something. Um, but with Frankie LaRocca there, I would think that he, he must have been a pretty supportive guy as another drummer and recognizing you being a great drummer that, that, you know, that, that had to, I'm guessing that helped a lot too. Frankie was always super, Frankie was always super supportive. I mean, throughout, you know, those years when we were with Epic and working with Frankie as our A&R guy and also co-producer, I mean, I love Frankie, but he was also coming from a different school because he played on a lot of records in the 80s, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he played on like uh, the first Bon Jovi single, Runaway. Yeah, That's Frankie yep. LaRocca, you know, and Scandal and 
Good and, um, you. Yeah. He was he was he was the guy that was like, we got to have big drum sounds, you know. And um, but ultimately, you know, he had my back and he supported me because he had been in my shoes. You know, he was that was what was so great with working with Frankie as an A and R guy is that like he wasn't your typical business guy because he had been he was a musician. He had been out yeah. there, you know. So, but it was funny because like like the the sound of the drums on that record. You know, they are pretty big. There's a lot of air in them. There's a lot of room. Um, but the drums themselves are kind of tuned a little tighter. Yeah. And I love where we ended up. But at the time, if I would have had it my way, it would have been dead. Like the drums would have been dead. And if Frankie would have had it his way, it would have been huge. So <laughs> it's always this battle. Like I remember we'd be in the, we'd be, we'd be in the, we'd be tracking or mixing. You know, Frankie would go over to the board and he'd, He'd take the room mics and he'd go up there. And then when he wasn't looking, I'd go and I'd <laughs> and, and, you know, Peter Dannenberg, who ended up mi mixing the whole record, and he also produced the rest of the, the other half of the record, he would, he would hate us. He's like, guys, you got to stop this. You know, you're, you're fucking up the whole mix. <laughs> but what was great was where we ended up in between was just perfection, you know. And I, and I love the drum sound. To this day, you know, I'm – the, the drums sound, they still sound really fresh and organic. You know, they don't sound dated at all to me. And, um, you know, it was, it was just one of those cool, cool things. Yeah. yeah Frank, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, just, I, I, you know, Frankie, man, he was the best. Yeah. 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 I, 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 you know, I don't think I haven't met him in person, but we spoke on the phone a bunch of times because he, I think when I was, when I started at Zildjian, he was still kind of actively playing in the late eighties. Yeah. Um, and a band, Company of Wolves or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And and uh, and he was, you know, he was a character. He was kind of like, it was funny because I, I, I don't know, God rest his soul, I, I used to feel like he was sort of working me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, man, I've got this thing going on and da-da-da-da. You know, yeah, he was that kind of a guy. I mean, you yeah. know, he was he was a hustler. And, he, you know, he always had his shades on. And, but a you good know, dude. Yeah, really great good. guy sweet guy and then and then i remember when he got on the other side of it and he was signing bands and um and i i don't know that he was the connection to you he might have been but um but but i remember there were other bands that he would call on their behalf and say yeah um can you can you work out a deal can we buy some symbols for this band they're just you know i just signed him and you know and he was the kind of guy you'd always want to help him out because you felt like he's he's his heart's in the right place. He's going to really do his best to try to get this band working and going and, you know, min minimal risk type of thing with him, you know? And, um, but that's, yeah. You know, but going back to what you were saying, like about new bands, I mean, I, you know, and us sticking our ground on that record, I think, you know, it's really important, I think for, for bands and artists to, to just do their own thing because, yeah. you know, I mean, I've seen so many, you know, great bands or talented artists sort of crash and burn by trying to do what was popular at the moment or, or doing what the record company thought was going to sell. I mean, I've just seen it happen so many times. And it, the truth is, like, you know, people want to hear something fresh. You know, they don't want to hear what's maybe popular right now, you know. Um, so it's like nobody can predict that. So at the end of the day, just do what you do, you know. And that's that was always what we did. We really didn't pay any attention to the trends at all, you know? And, um, so I think because of that, it ended, it ended up, it was like a little bit of a fresh sound. It wasn't any super innovative groundbreaking thing, but it was just like, there was a freshness to it that was unique, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I, I would hundred percent agree on that. It was, it was, and I think you did break a lot of 
some some new ground too and and uh but i mean the sound and it, it's interesting because in my recollection aaron your snare drum sound even you know it was a brady snare drum like you said it had been around for a while people had been using it but because you were you were using it on a on a you know a pop record a, a hit record a couple of hit records between little miss can't be wrong and two princes and the record itself which was huge like you kind of you kind of catapulted to this place as a as a drum hero and then you had this unique sound as totally different from anybody at that time that was out there well thanks for thank you my pleasure man yeah (laughs) no man i no, but and it's i to your credit you had a you had a vision you had an idea of what you were trying to do and and you could have just gone okay man i'll go with a deep ludwig and i'll you know and a emperor head and i'll put my you know muffle it really flat and you know get that gated or whatever but you know you stuck to your ground you got that sound and that became a sound like a lot of people then wanted to emulate so well that's yeah. that's that's cool i appreciate you saying that and um you know you. it's always nice to hear that Just go ahead now and if you 
that's my show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a like, leave me a comment. Um, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Remember, all these episodes are available as podcasts on all podcast platforms. So download them, check them out, tell your friends, give them away as Christmas gifts. I do appreciate your support. Remember, no drummers are ever harmed on Live From My Drum Room or Track Talk. And drummers, when in doubt, leave it out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you again real soon. Thanks.